You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Again, Matthew 6 and 25 is something that Jesus said to his disciples. Disciples of Christ are followers of Jesus. Disciples follow directly and indirectly. Sometime God will speak to you in your prayer closet and tell you what to do. But then he will use his servants to tell you what to do. And you obey him whether directly or indirectly. Because you are a disciple, a follower of him. You don't have no problem with Jesus using your pastor to tell you certain things. As long as your preacher is telling you according to the written word. You don't have any problem with that. You you just want to know the voice of God. And according to John 10, his sheep know his voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. So you are a follower of of Jesus Christ. Directly and indirectly. And disciples learn to... Adhere or stick to the path that God has placed them on. They adhere or stick to the season that God has ordained for them to be in. And Jesus said, in part, in John 8, 31 and 32... That when you continue in his word, you become a disciple indeed. And you start experiencing freedom because of the truth. Said in that same uh, set of verses, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Truth has creative power. It can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Nor can any person or thing do for you. And when it comes to being a follower or disciple of Christ, 
one thing that it does is it teaches you discipline. I say it teaches you discipline. It, it teaches you how to drop your old bad habits. Because we, we have habits, uh, we used to have habits that we had no business having. <laughs> but because we were sinners, we just picked up stuff we shouldn't have picked up. Should have left it there, but it was tempting, so we picked it up. But the Lord will learn you how to be disciplined. Learn you how to behave properly. Learn you how to do what he loves. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 40, Paul said to the church, let all things be done decently and in order. You have to have discipline to do things decently or properly you you can't think proper if you're not a disciplined person you can't talk right to somebody that has cursed you out if you're not disciplined you try to retaliate you they curse you out so you going when you're disciplined you don't go places your flesh wants you to go Yeah, the flesh can desire certain things that are not good Fight Simply because according to Romans the 8th chapter, uh, the flesh is in contrast to the will of God or the spirit of God. And so sometimes that old man would try to get you to go where you used to go and enjoy yourself. But when you're disciplined, even though you used to like doing what you did at the place you used to go, you'd be like, hey, I ain't going there no more. Because that was sin, and I know the wages of sin is death. And so you're, you're disciplined, and so you, you don't go where you used to go. You don't do that dumb stuff. Oh, Lord, you remember when you were not disciplined, how you would do dumb stuff? Yeah, yeah talk dumb stuff. Yeah. Be so stupid to where after you done said it, you get by yourself. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. I have nothing that. You ever done that? Yeah. Man, it's your own self because you said it. You wouldn't have said it if you would have had discipline. You have to be a disciplined person. That, that's the reason when you hear folk say they Christian, but they doing all this crazy stuff, you be like, they, they got to either be a babe or ignorant. Or disobedient. Because if you truly follow God's path, you won't do dumb stuff the way you used to. You're you going to know how to talk to folks if you're truly on that path. Matter of fact, if you're truly on the path, you're going to start to experience everything that he ordained for you to receive in reference to his word. 
especially his promises. And, and that's a guarantee because 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And so bottom line, when I become a disciple indeed, I know how to think, talk, and act according to God's will, even in stressful situations. No matter how difficult it may become, I, I know how to carry myself because I have learned discipline as a disciple of Christ. And one thing that we have to master as disciples of Christ is worry. We, we, we have to master worry. We, we have to master it because some folks think that to worry is normal. You know, certain things happen. We'd be like, oh, I should worry about that. It's just normal. Not as a disciple of Christ. When you start worrying about certain things, it is abnormal. Uh, let me just go to the country on you. It's just plumb wrong. <laughs> Got to move on but say to somebody, it's just plumb wrong <laughs> for you to worry. <laughs> plumb wrong. Because the, the core meaning of worry is to lack peace of mind. That's the core meaning, to lack peace of mind. And see, if, if Jesus suffered in order for us to have peace, why should I lack it? If the Bible is right in that the peace of God surpasseth all understanding and it guards your mind, why should I worry? If he guarding my mind, if, if I'm in God and God guarding my mind, why should I choose? To enter into a state where I lack peace of mind. Well, let me just break it down a little bit more. Peace equates happy agreement. If I worry 
I'm not going to be happy. Does God want me to be an unhappy person? Does God want me to go day to day being overly stressed out about something? That don't sound like God to me. That don't sound like a promise. That does not sound like the will of God to me. No. God promised me he going to give me serenity, peace. But I don't have it. I'm not happy. It don't sound right to me. If peace equates happy agreement, as a person, I should be happy in my mind, which should be expressed in my words and my deeds. I'm not just saying it just to say it. I'm saying it because I'm at one with myself. I have happy agreement. I am in harmony. But taking it further to worry, the root meaning is to strangle. To strangle. To choke or to kill somebody by choking. How you gonna kill somebody by choking? Be- be- because you choke them to the point to where they stop breathing, they stop manifesting what God put in them. The book of Genesis says that that God formed man from the dust of the earth and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. Say to your neighbor, breath is a gift of God. But if the root meaning of worry is strangle and somebody is choking me to the point to where breath is not coming forth. That means I'm not operating in what God gave me in order to exist. Say to your neighbor, it's because of breath that I exist. It's because of breath that I have the activity of my mind. That I can say certain things. That that I can go certain things. But if I'm choked. Or strangled. And my breath. Ceases. I die. That's not the will of God. He didn't come to kill me. John 10.10 say he came. That I might have life. A breath. And that I might have it more. 
abundantly. I gotta have breath. But if if I don't have breath because I'm worrying, I don't have life. I don't have life. Worrying will take away the life that God ordained for you to have. Whole day go by. You you worrying about this, that, and the other to the point to where you don't enjoy any of it. You don't have David's testimony. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice. And you don't have that testimony because you've been worrying all day. You've been stressed out about the gas bill all day. You ain't got that testimony. You can't be honest and tell somebody that you're having a good day, that, that you're in your happy moment because you've been worrying about something you can't do nothing about. Say to your neighbor, worry will take from you what God gave you to exist. Did he give you breath? But worry can choke the life right out of you. And say to your neighbor, you ought to be tired of that happening. Because some of us know what it is to, to worry about stuff to the point to where we don't eat. Don't sleep. Don't function the way we should be functioning. And, and sometimes sometime we, we can stress over stuff that ain't even our business. Or stuff that we don't even have the means to handle. And so Jesus contextually had to teach his disciples about worry. And, and what he said to them, psychiatrists and other professionals will, will disagree with. You even have preachers that disagree with this. I tell you, it's impossible for you not to, to work. Now, and, and let me say this before I deal with the text. Worry going to come. But as a free moral agent, you have a choice to accept it or not. And see, contextually, that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. He was saying to them, look, I don't want you to work. 
It was their choice. So you have a choice to worry about it or not. And I'm just going to tell you the truth. That there are things that I have worried about uh, to where I just didn't have the power to fix anyway. I never forget one time the Holy Ghost asked me I was worrying about something that was going on at church. And the Holy Ghost just point blank asked me, do you have the means to fix that? I didn't have to meditate on the answer six seconds. It, it was an easy answer. No. He said, well, let it go. Or give it to me. See, see, Peter learned to the point to where Peter just told the churches of Asia Minor, look, cast all your concerns upon the Lord. Give them to him. Your hand too short. You can't touch that anyway. Give them to him. Your power is limited. You can't do anything with it anyway. Give it to him. And he, he, he just said, Point blank, cast all, cast, casting all your cares upon him because he cared for you. He cared for you, so just give it to him. You ain't, you ain't giving your concerns to somebody that does not care about it. So things that you stress, stress out about, just give them to the Lord. That is. But you have to make the choice. How many have ever read that in First Peter? Okay, First Peter what? 5 and 7. So, notice again what Jesus said to his disciples. Before I read it again, how many disciples of Christ do I have in here by show of hands? Woo! Whole church, just about. Look at this. Matthew 6 and 25. Jesus said, do not worry. Quit letting that thing Choke you out. Quit losing your breath over that. And, and then what folk really have a problem with is he didn't want them to worry about life. And see, it's God's breath. That causes you to have life. It's his breath that causes you to have life. But he said, hey, don't worry about what I gave you. I gave you life. Why are you worried about something I gave you? You act like you gave it to yourself. I gave you that. Why are you worried about something I gave you? Don't worry about your life. And he broke it down. He said, yeah, you, you thinking about if you're going to be able to get that chicken today. <laughs> of course, you don't see chicken in the text. He said, don't worry about food. What in the world are we going to eat today? (laughs) 
Ain't nothing in the refrigerator. I ain't got no money. Where in the world? Don't worry about food, clothing, drink. And, and when he said it, no doubt his disciples were like, hey, everybody worry about that right there. And you expect us not to worry about it? Again, because folks think it's, it's normal. It, it's just like when I, when I celebrated, when I celebrate, or we celebrate home going, folks look at us like something wrong. When you tell folks how much you trust God, they act like you crazy. Like you the, you the abnormal person. You're not normal. And, and you're not normal in that sense. But you really are normal in that God created everything. And if there's anybody that has the manual on how you should exist on earth, it's God. And the manual of how you should exist on earth is the Bible. This is how you're supposed to exist on earth. Not based upon what intelligent men say. See, Paul said, you know what? He said the things of God are foolishness when it comes to certain folk. It don't make no sense to them. I don't want you to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor about the body, what you're going to put on. And then he dropped a hard question on them. And I want you to notice it in the text. Is not life more. Say to your neighbor, it's more to life, more to life. Than, the than the things you worry about. You worried about three things, that if that's all it is, the life. Y'all are like it ain't contextual. Look at that last question in verse 25 again. He simply asks, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at your neighbor with a straight face and say to him or her, life is more than what you stressed out about. And see, this is the thing right here. The Lord knew that when it came to life, you're going to need food. You're going to need something to drink. And you're going to need something to put on. So, his thing is, I know you need that. But that, that's not 
Something you need to be worried about. Because there's more to life than that. See, see, some folks worry to the point to where all they think life is is going to work, getting paid, paying the bills. And that's all that you, you, you try to get them out that cycle. It's like a fight. Hey, man, you going to go on vaca- vacation? Man, I can't be going on no vacation. Man, you going to do such and such? I ain't got time to be doing all that. Well, all you do is such and such, such. Yeah. Because if I don't, such and such going to happen. And, and so they're to the point to where they only know in reference to life two or three things. And they think that's all life is. See, Jesus didn't want his disciples to get to the point to where they had three things, a list of three things in reference to what life was about. You don't ever want to get narrow-minded to the point to where you, you, you think life is one, two, three, and that's it. It's not life more is not life help me more than food drink and clothes see if you get locked in on that you you will even miss why Jesus came see Jesus knew folk were, were going to do normal things in life that's when he said I came that you might have life and that more abundant. Yeah, I'm going to make sure you get food, clothing, and drink. But hey, I came with more than that. I came with abundant life. But you have folks that will live 70 years and never experience it. Get this, and be members of the church. And be able to quote John 10, 10 backwards and forward. But still will never experience abundant life. Why? Because they worry about stuff they can't control. It's not life more. Now, now this is the amazing thing when, when it comes to just the word more. More equates most, they both come from the same root. And the root meaning of most is big. Is not life more or bigger than food, drinks, and clothing. Life is bigger than that. Life is bigger than your 40 hour a week job. 
and going to Robinson Savage on Saturday. Shout at your neighbor, life, life. is bigger than that. But you have to know that. That's the reason Jesus asked him the question, is life more than? Because some folks think that, that life is just a little nutshell. A based upon the two or three things they do in a week, and that's life. They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in giving. They don't believe in this, that, and the other. Because they have a one-track mind when it comes to life. But life is more or bigger than what most folk think. See, he wanted them to, he wanted them to see that life was bigger. So they could start thinking big, talking big, and doing big. Because if they didn't think life was more, they were going to continue to have small mindsets. Followed by doubtful words. And be limited in what they do. Bottom line, they would never experience the abundant life that he came to give them if they stayed in a state of worry. Folk that worry never get their heart's desire. Folk that worry die renters. They'll never own their own property. Why? They're, they're too afraid. Folk that worry will only smell what a new car. Folk that worry will, will talk about this, that, and the other, but will never experience. Matter of fact, folk that worry don't like teaching like this. This is upsetting you while, while I'm even talking about it. It's upsetting you because, because you're used to worrying. Because folk that worry always talk about what they can't afford. You don't forget who put breath in you. You don't forget who made you. You don't forget who ordained for you to have life and have it more abundantly. I gotta go on, but say to your neighbor, life is bigger than you. Matter of fact, tell another person, your purpose is bigger than you. God keep trying to push you into doing things but you want to stay where you are because of you but you have to understand your purpose in life is bigger than you say to your neighbor there is more to life than just your little nutshell I don't like the way that preacher said it. I done said it. 
I never forget when I told her, I said, Lord, this is my career. This is what I went to school for. Walker, you are no longer your own. You done been bought with a price. Yeah, you completed the course. You got the little paper. But now it's time for you to do what I want you to do. Sometimes God will tell you to go and possess something. And, and it has nothing to do with you uh, completely. It's for somebody else. I wear certain things, yeah, because I like to wear them, but I also wear them to let other folk know if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. There's more to life. Quit worrying. Quit being afraid. There's more to life. But then you have to ask, ask somebody uh, a question when you consider what Jesus said in the text. Simple question. Do you want more? And don't try to get religious like, like some folks and try to use what Paul said out of context when Paul said, I am content. You, you got to read the whole chapter. Because Paul turned around right after explaining perfectly what content means to let folks know that he received a, a blessing that was well please sacrifice something something that went beyond what he needed well we should be happy with what we have what what that scripture at what that scripture at Have you ever read what God wanted Israel to have when they were in bondage? Now, they, they in Egypt in bondage, but he show up saying, hey, Moses, I need you to go and talk to my folk and let them know I got more for them. More God? Yeah, tell them I got more than what Pharaoh is giving them right now. Tell them I got more in that I want to take them to a land and tell them the land is flowing. <laughs> It's a flowing land. What is flowing with, Lord? It's flowing with milk and honey, which equates prosperity. I hear you over there on the walk of that prosperity preach. I'm a live preacher. I preach what God came to give folk. What he come to give us? And that? What is his wish? I wish above all that you and be in even as your soul does prosper. This is about life. This is bigger than money. This is about what God desires for his people. This ain't Walker 101. This is God. What I'm teaching right now is Bible. I'm just breaking it down. Still teaching the same text. He said, you, he said, is not there more to life than just what? Food, drink, and clothes. Say to your neighbor, there is more. And I just broke it down. More equates most. The 
there are bigger things in life. I don't see how God would even want us to be talking about no bigger stuff. Well, he was the one who said in Luke 6 and 38, give and it shall be given good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That sounds like bigger to me. Getting bigger in stages. Jesus was the one that said, I just didn't come to give you a house. I came to give you houses and what? Land. We done been taught stuff for years that was never Bible. And then when folks step forward and teach it line upon line, precept upon precept, folk want to label them as a prosperity preacher. I'm a life preacher. I ain't no coach. I'm a life preacher. I preach what does said the word and I spent hours seeking him in order to break it down so no one would have a reason not to walk therein say to your neighbor don't you want more out of life if that's what God is giving I wanted more, but my husband left. Good. Because he probably was the biggest reason you couldn't move forward. Well, I was dependent on him. Good. Now you realize you were dependent on the wrong source. You ought to know by now can't Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're single or married. If you're Christian, if you're a disciple, he came that you might have and that you might have it more or but you have to ask yourself the question is there more to life than just food drink and clothing and if you believe there's more you have to discipline yourself to the point to where you walk in God's word and experience the being experience the more how many understand I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.